0: Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And Heavenly Father, show us what the greatest love is. Show us... Dear Lord, that love transcends feeling, transcends mere affection, goes beyond all that It's a demonstration of your love to our brothers and sisters. Lord, open your word to us and us to your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, with his disciples, told them that they are connected with one another, like the branches of a vine. And the intent is that we would have the very character of Christ surging through our our own veins. And he gives them this instruction. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. If the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world will love you as one of its own if you belonged. But you no longer are part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master, since they persecuted me. Naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. God added his understanding to this hearing of his word. So Christmas time way back in the 80s or something like that. Went over to my Uncle Bill's house. Uncle Bill lived about two blocks over from Mom and Dad's house. And uh, we were just there in the, in the uh, family room and I noticed on the shelf in the family room was a, uh, a model of a B-24 Liberator. And uh, I just said to Uncle Bill, I said, that's a B-24, I think those are great airplanes. He said, well, I, I flew that. I, I was a navigator in that, uh, those during World War II. I flew out of, out of England. And uh, my dad, of course, chimed in. Dad's like 90 at this point. Chimes in, he said, well, yeah, that's where I was. I was, I was there. In fact, I, I, was at, I was at the Bulge. And we saw the B-24 Liberators flying over, dropping us Christmas dinners. And Uncle Bill said, You were on the ground. Had I known that, I would have flown by. (laughs) Greatest generation. It's going to be hard for me to get through this. The great men and women who served so very selflessly and they went into harm's way knowing that that passage that I just read, and that is that there is no greater love, no greater love than to give one's life. And the stories that came out, not just of that conflict, but conflicts ever since, have demonstrated the deep and profound understanding of what it means to serve in such a way that one's life might be taken. So tragic was, in many cases, the reception that veterans received when they were coming back from Vietnam. In many instances, they were told to not go to certain places because of those protesting, those who would yell at them spit at them, call them baby killers. Unlike what happened after World War II or Korea. And it was a generation that was my generation. If that was the greatest generation, ours is the worst generation. And and they faced that kind of reproach after having put themselves in harm's way. I read one account this week. A close friend got drunk, got in a fight, and was put in jail in Louisiana. The judge found out that he had been in the bush in Vietnam. He was was released to go back to Texas and try to control what the government had done to him. He was on much medication for his health and drank for relief. He died at 75 years old, all my friends are on many pharmaceutical meds, drink heavy in a rest home or buried from this war. None made it home unscathed. We forget, we forget, even though they may come back with their life, they may have left sobriety behind. They may have left arms or legs behind. They may have left sanity behind. Those who are veterans in our midst They carry something from being in harm's way. They carry, however, scars that reflect, wounds that reflect the very love that Christ showed to us when he laid down his life. As he said, greater greater love has no one. Greater love has no one than this. And isn't it ironic that in speaking of the greatness and the greatest of loves, then he turns quickly and says, the world is going to hate you. The world will hate you. One of the earliest references written about the emergence of this tiny church in the Roman Empire was that these people Hated the human race. The pagan world hated the Christians from the. And it is that hatred that I feel in the last month. The hatred for the the Jewish people that has been revealed, not just here, but all over the world that hatred also is morphing into hatred of Christians. And to me, this makes absolutely no sense, but Jesus tells us we should remember, they hated me first. If they're going to hate me, they're going to hate you. I was speaking this morning to our sweet Bethel and Enro, and they They have taken their mezuzah down from the front of their house. She has fear. She's living with regular fear. And this is a a fearful time for our Jewish brothers and sisters, our Jewish friends. But then, as Mike Johnson was named the Speaker of the House and Rick Scott was here last week and I said, Well, I don't know this guy. What do you think? And he said, Well, he's a he's a good guy. He's very smart. He's a Christian. But because he's a Christian, now he is the target. Bill Maher went after him, calling him a super duper ooper Christian. And Jen Psaki calls him a religious fundamentalist. Because this man is a Christian, agree or disagree with some of his positions, it's not really relevant what they are attacking, is the fact that he is explicitly, openly Christian. Now, if he were just marginal, if he were just sort of a Christian in name only, just getting his ticket punched on Sundays every now and then, well, maybe he'd pass. Again, I've got to take a swipe at the Presbyterian church. <laughs> that hymn that Billy just played, Once to Every Man and Nation, was taken out of the Presbyterian hymnal because of the gender-exclusive language in that hymn. And yet that was one of the great abolitionist hymns during, or prior and during the Civil War. the hatred of the world. And as we as God's children simply live the life that we know is the life of freedom, the life that is characterized by by abundance and joy, as we simply live this life, if we, in other words, just don't comply, with the mainstream of what's going on. We just don't go along to get along. Then we're going to be set apart by them. But Jesus says, that's okay, because he says, I called you out. ecclesia that's the Greek word for church. Don uses it all the time in her prayers, means called out. We're called out of the world, not to be a product of the world, not to simply carry on the, the, the values and, and all that is proposed as being real and, and meaningful. If we just don't go along with that, if we just stand against the system of the world, then, then we're going to be called out, put out. I was surprised recently, about a year ago, to find out that the very first group of Christians to stand against the Nazi regime were Jehovah Witnesses. I thought they were kind of kooks. But I, I really have to respect that. They stood up against them. And then the confessing church in Germany stood up against them. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Karl Barth, Martin Neumuller, you know these names—stood against and paid a price. They were hated, hated by the world. This is a this is a trying time. This is a difficult time. And I have to say, I'm. Stunned by what is an open reemergence in the course of one month of blatant anti Semitism. Blatant, open anti Semitism. Such that Jewish friends, neighbors, and people of our own church are afraid. It's a scary time. And it is because of scary times like this that men and women put themselves in harm's way, willing to lay their their lives down or their sobriety or their, their limbs, lay them all down for their friends, willing to show a greater love. The Apostle Paul in Romans says, Outdo one another in showing honor. What a simple instruction. How sweet if we did that. How sweet if on every occasion we had, we could could just do what we could to honor other people for the contributions they make in life and the, the, the goodness that we see in them. Abraham Lincoln said honor to the soldier and sailor everywhere who bravely bear his country's cause. Honor also to the citizen who cares for his brother in the field and serves as best he can. The same cause, honor to him who braves for the common good, the storms of heaven and the storms of battle to show honor, to honor one another. I was on the phone about a month ago with Paul Johnson. He's our last World War II veteran. He's suffering up in Minneapolis because of the cold. But otherwise, Paul's fine and he wants us to know that. But he was shipped out from the West Coast on his way to Japan. The casualty rate in the the Pacific theater was monstrously high. More died in Europe, but the casualty rate in Japan was significantly higher, something like 10%. And Paul Johnson was heading there. And like many of that great generation, he said, well, I didn't do anything. Who am I? What am I? And instead, because he was willing, because he had that heart to serve and to give, we honor such a veteran as Paul. Because Cecil got up here and sang. Because he's been under the knife so many times, we honor him for his service. For those who have served Today, you get a crumble cookie. Just a warning, one cookie and you gain 10 pounds, even though the cookie weighs only a few ounces. And we will very likely, because of those crumble cookies, find people, oh yeah, I did serve after all, I'll take a cookie. It's a small gesture. Suffice it to say, thank you, men and women, who are willing to lay your lives down for your friends, and we are your friends, and you have taken the example of Christ himself. Will you join me in prayer? And so, dear Lord, we are none of us worthy for the sacrifice of another, least of all, for the sacrifice of your son. And yet, as we go to this table, we acknowledge the great cost that has been prayed, been paid for our redemption, for our to be called out and to be made citizens of your kingdom. Lord God, we give you honor and glory and teach us to honor others. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.NaplesCommunityChurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.